Welcome to episode number one of the Spiraling Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Wallace. I got my friend, my buddy, my pal, Jason Holland with me. Jason Holland, founder and president of Spiraling Ministries and the Holland Foundation. Jason, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Good. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for allowing us to get this show on the road. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. Podcasting's become become kind of a... Uh, uh, favorite pastime of mine lately, um, so it's a it's it's a it's a pleasure and a joy. Um, I guess, guys, kind of for our first episode here, uh, we're just going to kind of talk about you know what is the Holland Foundation, what is Spiraling Ministries, uh, what is this podcast called Spiraling? That seems kind of an odd name, but we're going to try and explain at least a little bit some of that. This will be part one, and we'll also have a part two um, that we'll be uh, getting out to you guys. Um, and so, uh, but Jason, as we kind of start this podcast, I thought I would, uh, we have uh, a couple quick questions, but I want to ask the one question just so the audience can kind of get to know you is who are you today? Today, um, I am Jason Holland. I am a family man. Um, I am a uh, small business owner. Um, I have a couple of businesses that I own and run. Yeah. Um, I'm a... Uh, um, I, I like to call myself fairly successful. You know, with the, the things that I've, I've done in my past uh, have shaped me to who I am today. Yeah. And um, being being who I am today, um, I, I like to think of myself as 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 you know a father, a husband, um, and uh, a great friend to, to, to many many people. Um, I have a passion for helping people, and yeah. uh, that's my my biggest uh biggest thing about me is i have a big heart and yeah people, people love to be around around, around me because of my my generosity and my big heart um but it can also be my my biggest downfall <laughs> I, I understand that's kind of a double-edged sword i i'm one of those guys i, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve sometimes and yeah. um that could be good and could be bad so i yeah. i understand how you're feeling from there where you're coming yeah. from yeah, so um, you know, just overall, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm a hard worker. Um, I have a lot of visions, and um, I have a passion for a lot of things. Um, but uh, you know, helping others is one thing that I'm, I'm extremely passionate about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to talk a lot more about that throughout this podcast and, uh, and many more episodes to come uh, and kind of give you guys, the audience, uh, a little bit of an insight into Jason and his past and his story, which really kind of reeled me in. Um, for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Jackson Wallace. I am uh, actually was part of the... Um, I was assistant to my to my father, who is uh, Jason's attorney, and um, we met through um, through that relationship and formed kind of a, a friendship. Uh, we've actually gotten pretty close over the past year, and um, I was really. Um, drawn into what he was doing with the Holland Foundation. I think it's an incredible cause. Um, I've read some uh, 
early chapters of the book and I, I keep wanting more. Um, so I, uh, yeah, just very, very impressed with, uh, the team here and the story and, um, and the person that Jason is. And so he came on and he asked me, he's like, Hey man, you want to do a podcast? I said, absolutely. Let's do it, man. That sounds like so much fun. Um, but you know, uh, 26 year old, uh, not a small business owner, but, um, just kind of a, uh, assistant working my way up, trying to get my uh, law degree and uh, freelance podcaster, I guess we can call it like we can call it, we can call it yeah. that. Um, but anyway, so now that we've got kind of got some introductions uh, out of the way, I figure we can go ahead and talk about, um, spiraling like what why why is this podcast called why is it called spiraling like where, where did that word come from so the, the 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 name of the book we we decided kind of early on um the name of the book and the name of the brand was going to be spiraling upward right and where that came from is when i wrote um when i wrote my uh, executive summary for the book um i used the terminology terminology of downward spiral right and everything that happened in my life was a result of my downward spiral and um you know just the team we were sitting around the uh the table one day and we just said you know you, you mentioned downward spiral um four or five times in your first couple of pages of writing uh the, the summary um what if we created spiraling upward um because i like to think of you know everything that i did in my past was yeah it was a downward spiral but now we are spiraling upward um because we have a fresh start we have a new start we have um a a new outlook on life and just everything seems to be spiraling in an upward trend now uh so that's that's kind of where we came up with the name very clever yeah. Very clever. I like that. Yeah. And so we, we, we kind of we're, we're modeling that our entire kind of our brand here with the Holland Foundation over spiraling and spiraling upward. We have um, also have a, uh, a ministry that we are uh, forming called Spiraling Ministries as well, um, where we can go in and provide services and help people um, that have been uh, are struggling kind of with addiction or kind of in a bad part of their life and need a little bit of extra guidance. Um, do you want to talk about Spiraling Ministries just real quick? Sure. So Spiraling Ministries uh, is kind of uh, still in the formation process, uh, but sure. we're, we're getting the brand put together on that now. Um, but but Spiraling Ministries is, is going to be a tool and a uh, and a means to be able to help people who are suffering through uh, mental health issues, yeah. um, addiction issues, or cancer-related issues. Um, you know, those are the three things that uh, have impacted my life the greatest um, uh, uh, throughout uh, my childhood up into my adulthood um, is the mental health, addiction, and cancer. Um, so that's that's kind of where I want to, 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 to be able to help others who are going through those same issues, uh, to be able to provide support um, and to, to provide an ear for them to, to talk to. You know, I, I want to yeah. be able to listen, um, and I want to be able to provide them with um you know, maybe some counseling services. Uh, sure. If they can afford some treatments, uh, then then maybe we can we can come up with some funds to to, to, to 
put them through a treatment center or counseling services or doctors because yeah. um, we we are not trained um, you know counselors um, of course. we are we are ministers and we're yeah. ministering to from the word of God. Um, so that's why I kind of like to kind of draw the line because we're not the professional um, licensed counselor. Of course, um, yeah. So I, I can't um, can't advertise that for myself, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm always here to listen. You know, if you have a story, you need some help, um, I can provide you with some help to um, put you on the right path. That's right. That's what we try and do. Um, just overall kind of uh, brand. Just, we just want to help people. That, that, that when it gets down to the end of the day, that's just kind of that's just what we want to do. Um, anyway, so I, I figure we kind of talk a little bit about uh, the foundation, the Holland Foundation. And um, let me ask you this: When did you first decide that you wanted to do the foundation? I first decided I wanted to do the foundation after uh, having a couple of conversations with your dad. Yeah. Uh, my um, my passion um, developed um, uh, early on in my sobriety. Um, I, and I remember this like yesterday. Um, I was driving with my family uh, up to see my father-in-law. And um, I told my wife, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm being called to um, to write a book, do some public speaking, and, and share my message. Yeah. And um, shortly after that, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. Um, so all that was put on hold um, up until I met, uh, uh, got reconnected with a couple of friends, um, and got introduced to your dad and um, Curtis, and we. Um, we, we all just had all these ideas and, um, you know, it, it was executing certain things at certain times. Um, you know, the, the book yeah. was a, a big part of, of what I wanted to do. Um, but we were talking about what can we do along with the book? Um, where can we make a greater impact with with not just having a book, but with, with a whole brand of spiraling. And right. that's kind of where it was formed, um, with, the with the nonprofit to the Holland foundation spiraling ministries. Um, so we, um, we started launching it and, um, had a lot of meetings on it. Um, a lot of, uh, strategy meetings and, uh, I think things are coming along well with it. Yeah, I think so too. I was in the room for some of those meetings and I can't wait for, uh, to see where we're at in the next year, what 2020 has to offer for, um, for Holland, the Holland foundation and what we can offer to people as a result of that, you know, how many people we can help and, and, and bring in and, um, uh, get them back uh, on the right path. So, uh, definitely excited about the Holland foundation. Um, and I, but just a quick question. What is the biggest reason you wanted to do this? Wanted, why, why did you want to write a book? Why did you want to make a foundation and, and, and come up with spiraling ministries? Um, what, what's your big why? It's funny you say that because it's a, it's a non-traditional why. Um, it was part of my 12th step. So yeah. um, through the recovery process in AA, um, I... 
I wanted to make my 12 step where you reach down and help someone else. Um, I wanted to make uh, a bigger impact um, as opposed to just helping a handful of people. Sure. I wanted to help thousands of people. That's the kind of person I am. Um, yeah, go big or go home. Um, so <laughs> I, I love that to, saying. <laughs> my brother says that all the time. My, my like my youngest brother, his name's Carter, and he's had that phrase. Like that's been his go-to phrase since he was six years old. Let's go big or go home, man. Yeah. We're going for it all. Yeah. So that, that that's kind of been my my drive into into doing all this. Um, and it's also a, it's very therapeutic. Um, yeah. To be able to sit back and. <laughs> You know, talk with others and um, share my story because um, it, it, it's a reminder. It's a daily reminder of, of where I came from and uh, who I am today. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, some different advice that we would give to, you know, we talk about well, we, want, we want to help people with the Holland Foundation. I'm just going to give you a scenario here, just an off the wall scenario and maybe we can kind of provide the audience here a little glimpse of uh, uh some like just of kind of the ear that you would provide and obviously you know obviously we're not like licensed counselors or anything but just you know just what you would say personally to them i'm gonna give you a situation so let's say you met a teenager say 14 to 15 years old they have a tough home life and problems with drugs what would you tell them you know, the, the one thing that um, going through it, going through it personally, um, I always told myself that there's hope. There's yeah. Um, there's something greater outside of where I am today. And being in the search for that greater good um, provided me hope that I would uh, I would come out of the situation that I was in. And, you know, talking to the, you know, 14 or 15 year old me or somebody else uh, was just put your head down, get through it. You will get through it. Yeah. And um, you're going to come out stronger and you're going to come out a better person because of what you're going through right now. Um, don't let this change you. Don't let this uh, have a, a, a tarnish on your life. Use it as a learning experience to be able to help others. Um, because one day when you're, you're 30, 40 years old and you have kids, um, you're, you're going to want to provide your kids with a better life. Right. And you're going to have experience what you don't want to do. Yeah. And and I think with your experience with with addiction and with um with cancer and having to face all of those um those times that uh I want to say I don't want to say terrible times, but I want to say try, try, trying times with um yeah. with uh so early in life um I think it kind of it, it gives you that level of understanding and that level of experience to where you really will be able to provide your your kids a sense of like like hey man I like I've been there before I know exactly what it is you're going through I don't have just have an idea I know exactly what it is um, and really be able to help them it, it, just just being just coming from the sense of you've been in tough spots before so. 
inevitably if they get in a tough spot and i'm not saying it has to be with you know drugs or addiction or whatever but like they're feeling down on themselves because they had a bad day at school or you know they had a, a, a rough time um with something like a challenge that they're trying to overcome you'll really be able to kind of dig in deep with them and um and help them through that mm-hmm. you know and I, I think that's extremely valuable yeah yeah, and the, you know that's what I provide to everybody um, is is the hope um, because you know the, the, there's going to be times in life where it's 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 trying times and it's it's tough. Yeah. Um, but um, you know if you can make it through it, um, you're going to come out the other side with the with much more clarity about a life and about things that you can do differently. Yeah. Yeah, good, sound, and solid advice so far <laughs> on the first episode of the podcast, guys. Thanks for listening again. Um, let's let's move our attention. We 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 briefly talked about the book. Um, I, I'm first. Let me ask you. I'll ask you a series of questions about the book. But the first question is, what is the average reader going to be able going to find in this book? And um, yeah, what what are the, what are they going to take from it? You know, it's a book. Um, it, it's a book about my life, and it's a book about um, you know different things and different scenarios that a lot of people will go through. Yeah. Um, but the average reader can take out of the book, you know, hey, you know, this this guy's he, he, he's got a story and I might have a similar story to him. Um, and it'll it'll encourage them to get out of their comfort zone and maybe share some stories about what they've gone through. Um, there's some things that I wrote in the book um, that I actually questioned uh, whether I should put out publicly. Really? Um, but I don't. I don't think that me trying to hide things that I've done in, in my past. Yeah. Um, is is sound advice to give to somebody who I'm trying to encourage to to, to share their story and and get right. Home. So I really wanted to be, um, you know, not like not in your face kind of deal, but just be yeah. real and just say, you know, I screwed up and yeah. you know, this is what I did. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to go. It doesn't have to be towards the addict or the, the person suffering from mental health. Um, it could be a family member as well. Um, I wanted to provide um, as much um, as much of the deception that I put everybody in my life through, yeah. I wanted to be transparent um, for the loved one who is reading my book to be able to say, well, you know, my loved one is um, having these kind of symptoms as well. And he's doing, or he or she are doing these things. Uh, maybe I should broach the conversation with my loved one. Um, right. You know the uh, the average addict um, is very um, is, is very deceitful, and um, 
they they know how to they know how to play the system and um, i was an expert at that and until everybody started catching on and and really learning my my patterns um you you have to know what to look for and by me putting that stuff out there maybe i'm 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 providing somebody else with what they should look for right yeah because because i think that's something that is unique in the sense that you know there's not a lot of um people out there who would really dig deep into their soul and then just lay it all out in the page form for people to read because you're right some people would like to hide pieces and keep pieces of that safe but you're just laying it all out there for everybody right mm-hmm. and you're just you're just being real you're being authentic you are telling them what to look for um because some people who read this book may not necessarily be um struggling themselves but maybe they have a family member struggling right or maybe they have a friend of a friend that's going through a tough time and and maybe this will provide them with some of the um the cues and um and things to look for to where they can help out other people and so it's really just kind i think what's so special kind of about this book is it is it's not just your story but it's also a incredibly valuable tool Mm-hmm. Um, that others can use. Um, so I think I think that's very that's very special. What was the process like in developing this book for you? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that's a, kind, of, that's a big question, yeah, but yeah, it was it was a lot of uh, a lot of going back and meditating on um, on things that I had I had done in different times of my life. Um, you know, I'll, I will tell you, uh, I, I said a lot of tears writing this book. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the things that I've done, I'm not proud of. Um, but it, it also needs to be, uh, needs to be told. Um, it, it was very difficult um, to write the book, but it was also very therapeutic. Um, because yeah. I was able to go back and say, you know, I'm not this person anymore. Of course. And, um, you know, just just being able to, to to provide support and hope for other people is is the main message of it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, and that was that, and that's really kind of the reason you wanted to write it because you know, yeah, you wanted to share your story, but you really just wanted to help other people as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. Um, so with um. With uh, spiraling upward with the book, um, and I know we've we've talked about the overall angle of really just kind of wanting to help people, but what are some, you know, we, we say we want to help people. What are some like like practical ways we can we can really do that? Um, the book is a great tool. Um, possibly providing some funds for counseling service, but is there, is there other ways that we could provide like practical help? Like you need help today. Let's go. Yeah. One thing that I, I'm working on um, right now is a Bible study. Okay. <laughs> and 
the Bible study uh, will be able to provide people with immediate help um, and, and immediate guidance. Um, you know, it, uh, we're looking at like a six-week study um, that can be done in a small group or individually. Um, and um, that that'll be able to provide that person um, that's 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 do, that's going through the, the the issues or even the family member um, to be able to provide help to that loved one. Um, so that's that's one thing that's near and dear to my heart is is, is being able to actually provide something of substance to help. And with the Bible yeah. study, that's what it is. Yeah. So the Bible study, obviously, you're you're a man of faith. You mentioned that earlier in the in the beginning of the podcast. How important was um, was that? Was that was faith instrumental in you um, correcting your um, your path and, and and spiraling upward as opposed to downward? Yeah. And. Um, you know, from a, from a very early age, uh, a young age, uh, I believed in God and I believed uh, in, in Jesus and Christianity. Um, but it wasn't until um, I was diagnosed with colon cancer and I went through uh, the first couple of days after surgery um, that I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really aware of my surroundings. Yeah. Um, and I spent that time, I remember just laying in the hospital bed during that time and making peace with God and, you know, telling God, you know, if, if, if I can just make it through this um, and uh, you, you cure my cancer and you, you help me um, come out on the other side, that I'm going to be a better person and um, I, I'm going to grow my relationship with you. Yeah. Um, that that's that was the turning point of my life um, that really solidified my faith. So. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a powerful message, yeah. right there too. It kind of uh, one of those things that just you know you just kind of have that realization whenever you know you, you think bad. I think people go through life um, in general. Like for example, uh, Kobe Bryant. Right, you you uh, on top of the world, and I mean, I um, we'll talk about Kobe here in just a second, but go. I, everybody kind of has this element in themselves of like you go through life and you think, oh, nothing bad's going to happen to me, right? Nothing, you know, I'm not just, I'm not going to get a, I'm not going to get a call saying, oh, you have cancer, or you know, some. But the the reality is, life hits you and it can hit you very fast. I don't know where you could be in a helicopter crash, right? Um, you know, just like kind of like Kobe was, unfortunately. Um, but um, anyway, I didn't mean to bring up sports in, in, <laughs> in, in our podcast here, but it was you know it just happened this week at the time of recording, so it's still kind of fresh on everybody's minds. Um, rip Kobe, just throw that out there. Um, rest in peace, man. But um, yeah, so I, I guess. Let's you know now that we've kind of gone through some of uh, the formalities. Um, let's kind of dig in deep with you a little bit. Um, are you are you comfortable doing that at all? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, let's kind of talk. Can we talk about your early years? Um, uh, you know, say like 
and I, and I don't want to give people too much of an insight because you know, obviously I want them to see, you know, the book is going to have a lot of greater detail here. But what was life like for you growing up? Uh, life for me growing up, um, from a very early age, I was diagnosed with uh, with mental health issues with bipolar and ADD and, um, you know, violent mood swings. Um yeah, and I, I I was medicated, but I was also self-medicating uh, from a very very young age. Um, I uh, had started to, to to experiment with alcohol and other drugs in order in order to use it as a coping mechanism for what yeah. I was going through. Um, so it, I was in and out of juvenile detention centers, uh, psychiatric hospitals, um, drug treatment centers. Um, just everyone was saying, you know, Jason, you're, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. And it just drove me down and gave me a very low self-esteem. Yeah. And um, along with that, the low self-esteem, I felt um, I felt good whenever I was drinking or using. Um, so it, 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 I, I truly used it as a coping mechanism for, for what I was going through. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That must have been tough. Just you're, you're I mean, you. You you diagnose these things and you're you're having a tough time and I mean that must have felt just awful just constantly hearing you're doing this wrong you know what's up with this why are you doing this did did anybody ever lend out a hand you know when I was uh, when I was sixteen um, I was uh, in a facility uh, that I spent. Uh, a lot of time in and uh, there was a minister that was in that facility uh, that really taught me how to channel um, a lot of my behavior and when I say channel my behavior uh, he taught me about meditation Okay. and um, I used meditation as a coping mechanism for, for while I was um, doing my time, that um, you know you have you have a, you, you get lost in your own head um, when you're when you're in that kind of a uh, facility. Um, yeah. So you you, uh, you have to learn how to um, to channel those thoughts and those feelings uh, in order to use them for the greater good. Yeah. And, um, you know, at that time, I, I knew that I wanted to be in, be involved in some kind of ministry from the age of about sixteen. Yeah. And uh, I actually wrote a letter to my mom um, about that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> you got a friend behind you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was <Yeah>. just waving. <laughs> That's always nice. The kids to show up, say hi. Very good. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't know that yet. I didn't know that you had um, that the, there was a minister that kind of t- taught you to to meditate. I've never meditated myself. Um, I feel like that would be cool, though. 
Yeah, and I took it to another, a whole other level um, in my my early or mid mid to late twenties, um, and I I went through some classes that were some pretty extensive classes on meditation. And uh, yeah, as we're going to kind of wrap up this first episode, we just want to give out a quick little reminder, guys. Thank you so much for giving us your listen and participating in this podcast with us. Uh, you can find us where all podcasts can be found on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Please be sure to leave a review um, or leave a comments down in the in the comments below here in this YouTube video as well. And uh, if you guys have any questions for us, we'll be happy to read them on the next episode of the podcast. And uh, we really look forward to those so quick little reminder before we get into this final rather i say juicy question mr jason holland all right (laughs) okay so my last question is kind of a doozy and you know we talked about the Han foundation we talked about spiraling ministries and we're spiraling upward and you know we have a book coming out and you know this first episode is kind of a brief overview of everything um We'll get in more in depth and into the nitty gritty later on. However, a key topic that I think um, needs to be addressed within the Holland Foundation. I have a question if you guys are going to be doing this. Are we going to be addressing mental health at all? Yes, and that's going to be extensively discussed. Um, I have some guest speakers that, um, that I'm working on getting lined up um, that will provide us with uh, in-depth discussion on mental health and uh, what to look for with mental health issues. Um, and, and, and these guest speakers are licensed uh, professionals. Um, they can diagnose, uh, they can treat. Um, so they'll be able to, to, to share their experiences and, and their training um, with, with everybody on mental health issues. Yeah, and then, and that's that's super important, and um, you know I th- we we talk a lot about mental health. I think that's going to be um, kind of the uh, what churches and what um, you know, the community as a whole. That's going to it's being a it's going to be an important issue going forward over the next several years, as it should be, I think, um, because mental health is something that we haven't, and I'm no expert, but um, I think is extremely important and um, is a big factor in, um, in some of these things that are going on in the world today. Um, excellent. Excellent. Um, and do you think that in your... Um, with your experience um, uh, in your early life and um, and, and, and through addiction, um, that like your mental health kind of played a, a role in that. Um, yeah, I think the addiction was a was a byproduct of my yeah. mental health issues because okay, um, I, I I used the um, I used the drugs and alcohol as an escape. Um, um, to, to deal with my problems. Right. And, you know, some of the things that, that, you know, somebody suffering through bipolar, cause I, I have bipolar and right. somebody that's suffering through bipolar, you have your ups and downs and depression and mania. And, 
um, you know, through each one of those episodes that I had, um, I would turn to a different kind of drug in order to um, to deal with it. And um, you know, I, I'm, I was always looking for um, the manic phase because I felt I felt on top of the world. Yeah. Um, so um, you know, if you read my book, um, I, I talk a lot about the. Um, cocaine addiction and the uppers that I was doing um, it's because I was chasing that manic face because I truly felt like I was on top of the world um, so, so being able to channel that now um, being in recovery um, I I don't chase the manic phase like I used to. Um, yeah. I'm I'm prescribed a lot of medication to keep me sane uh, in order for me to keep functioning on a day to day basis without having to use drugs and alcohol. Um, it takes medication in order to do that. Um, the the stigmatism that that uh, a lot of these treatment facilities have on people with mental health issues is um, you know they they think that if you have to take medication in order to treat your side effects, then you're still an addict. Um, which wow. it, it's, it's actually quite the opposite. Um, you know, you, your addiction is coming from mental health issues. Right. Uh, and you have to treat the underlying issue before you can treat the addiction, which is the mental health. Of course. There were several treatment centers that my family was trying to get me to, uh, to, to commit to. Um, but in order for me to uh, go through their program, I had to get off my medication. Well, that's what caused my addiction in the first place was getting off my medication. Been um, a, that must have been a scary time. It was. It felt and, like you're in, in between a rock and a hard place there. Yeah, and and you know I wanted I wanted to to cure the addiction, but I also um, I knew getting off my medication it was a death sentence, um, and I knew I was going to go back to addiction and. Um, you know, each day for me was each day for me was a blessing because um, I woke up and yeah. I didn't know if I was going to wake up the next day. Um, wow! I was I was consuming so much that um, yeah, I, I I don't know how I'm still alive today. Um, but also in the same 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 line of thinking with it I I truly feel like my cancer is a byproduct of the drugs and alcohol that I put into my system right so um, there's not a direct link for alcohol and cocaine uh, that I've been able to come up with uh, in my research but um, it, it's not good on the body and yeah um, that's you know I had a I had a conversation with my brother-in-law the other day about about life and how um, um, cells and organisms mutate um, into cancer and, and different things like that. And 
I think the alcohol just the alcohol and the drugs both just wreaked havoc on my body and my cells mutated into cancer and I, I, that's that's what I believe yeah it, it, um, so are you uh, are you close to your brother Brother-in-law? I think so. If you guys are having those, you know, those deep conversations <laughs> about life. Um, I just have one more quick question as we kind of wrap this up. You said you were trying to get to this, the, uh, the manic state. Yeah. Manic state. Can, can you like, um, maybe explain a little more like, kind of what that is or I'm, I'm just not familiar yeah, it's like um, for me, a manic state for me is I have so many thoughts and ideas and um, I feel like I'm invincible. I feel like I can do anything. Right. Um, and it, it, it's when I'm not using drugs or alcohol, it's it's the most natural high that you can get is going through a manic phase. Oh, wow. Um, it's also one of the most dangerous because I don't sleep. Um, yeah. You know, without my medication to be able to, to, to help me sleep, um, you know, I'll stay away for days, weeks. Um, weeks? And yeah, Dude. I've, I've, I've been five, six, seven days without sleep before. No way. Yeah. And I, um, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, so after after about day two or three is whenever your body really starts to slow down and start to crash. Yeah. Um, which is why, you know, the addiction kicks in and you have to chase drugs in order to, to continue. Yeah, so it's just kind of this vicious cycle. Yeah. That just kind of keeps going. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Some men have called it a spiral. <laughs> little, 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 little wordplay there. All right. Um, very, very good. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode one uh, of the uh, Spiraling Podcast. Uh, like, again, as I mentioned before, you can find us on where all podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We also upload to YouTube. We have a Facebook page. I'll put a link down in the description below. Be sure to follow us on there. Um and Jason, do you have anything, any closing comments, concerns? Um, I don't. Just any questions, concerns, um, you know, feel free to email us. Um, Please. And we'll, we'll get those addressed. Perfect, perfect. So I'm thankful for.